0: Hello friends, I'm pleased to tell you that the Art of Fitness t-shirts are now up. If you go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com, it's the first thing you see. Just click on the image of the t-shirt and you could purchase one. It has the Art of Fitness logo and spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, not necessarily in that order. But you'll see it when you see it. Um, So those are available for purchase and as always... Anytime you're doing any kind of Amazon shopping, if you go through my portal link on the theartoffitnesspodcast.com, a percentage of anything you purchase will go directly in supporting this podcast. So please do that. And as always, if you go on iTunes, if you rate this, if you write a review, that helps me in some way that most people are still trying to explain to me. So please do that for me, and thanks. I'm Steve Service, and this is the Art of Fitness. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Art of Fitness. I'm Steve Service, and today I'll be talking to you. This is part two of the Q&A, QA two. That's what I'm calling it. Um, So. Going to talk to you about a bunch of stuff that I didn't get to cover last time so I can um, make some headway on some of these questions that you've all been sending in. Which, by the way, thanks for doing that. Thanks for taking the time to send in these questions. And, you know, out of appreciation, I'm going to take the time to answer them. So, without any further ado, let's get into QA number two. <laughs> Steve, it seems as though my hands always rip. I'm just that kind of girl. Do you have anything that you can tell me to do because I hate spending time outside of the gym? Yes, there is something you can do. And this might sound a little crazy, but this is, my, this is Steve Services formula to quick healing hands. Um, first of all, hand maintenance. Hand maintenance is essential. If you're continuing to rip, chances are you're not properly taking care of your calluses. Now, there's several ways to do this. There's some products out there um, that are basically sandpaper on a stick um, that you can file down your calluses. But the thing is, you want to keep your calluses, you just want to make sure that they're flat. Because when those calluses build up and they get and they raises bumps on the surface area of your hand that's what either the bar or the barbell is catching on and then add some sweat to that skin gets a little loose and they just open right up for you so what you want to do is you want to keep that tough layer of skin but you just want to flatten it out a little bit all right that's hand maintenance i have a great trick for that and if you go on my instagram page you could scroll down and find it but I just use a Dremel tool. I use a Dremel tool that you, um, it's a power tool, actually. I just put it on the lightest, the very, the very slowest setting. And it's just a little piece of sandpaper that is going around at about 300 RPMs. And I just sand them right down. Just sand them right down. And you'll keep that thick, tough layer of skin. But you'll make them nice and flat. Dremel tool is the way to go. Also, listen, you know, uh, use your head. These are just things that I do. The last thing I want is to get some emails saying I used a Dremel tool on my hand and I put a hole in my hand. Uh, Obviously, you know, use your brain. Allow allow the sandpaper to do the work. Don't jam it into your hand because, you know, it's a power tool. Um, But there are things that are specifically designed for hands or feet that are the same kind of idea where something is spinning and you could sand it down. But that's hand maintenance. Now, if you have torn, first of all, you want to get rid of the dead skin. Um, You don't want to walk around with a flap of dead skin that's half attached because that'll eventually come off anyway. Allow it to dry out and just clip that off. Now, grab a bowl of lukewarm water. I want you to put two tablespoons of salt in the water, and one tablespoon of lemon juice into the water, and mix it up. And then you're gonna take three deep breaths. And then you're gonna stick your hands in there. Now, at first, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt a lot. But that salt is gonna dry your skin out, and that, um, that lemon juice is going to cook your dead skin. You're basically cauterizing the the wound. You're you're creating a hand ceviche, all right. Now I say two tablespoons of salt, one tablespoon of lemon juice, but you know I don't measure. I just dump the shit in a lukewarm bowl of water, and put your hands in there. Just submerge them. It's only going to hurt for about two and a half to three seconds, and then you'll actually feel the pain go away. You'll feel the pain go away because the wound is closing because it's cooking. Then you're going to take another deep breath, and you're going to stretch your hands open to make sure that what you just cauterized opens up again. And you're going to force all that good salt and good um, lemon juice into those cracks, and then the pain will go away again after about three seconds. And then you'll be fine. Now, I'm sweating just thinking about what this feels like at first. It hurts like hell, but you'll find that it, it significantly accelerates the healing process when it comes to hand stuff, all right? Especially if you have a competition coming up, um, if you open up your hand and, uh, and you want to get back into the gym in a couple of days, this works. Again, this is what I do. It's just a, uh, it's just a suggestion it's what i do it's what i find works and um and it's natural and it's clean and um keep them clean because i will say this i've gotten a staph ins- infection in the past from um from a hand wound from an open callus uh it and i spent a week in the hospital on around the clock intravenous um antibiotics just from an open hand callus so Keep them clean. Keep them, um, keep them closed. All right? Next question. Steve, I'm a do-it-yourselfer in terms of functional fitness from home. I cannot afford a rower or um, I'll call it a fan bike uh, because I just don't want to put a name brand on here. Uh, I cannot afford a rower or a fan bike. What else is a full-body machine that I could use for cardio? Um, Okay, so I'm I'm assuming you're running a lot, which is great, but you want to incorporate your upper body, um, something that's functional, something that you can do full-body, monostructural kind of work in terms of cardiorespiratory endurance. Here you go. Ready? Go down to your local hardware store. This is cheap. Get yourself a 10-pound sledgehammer. All right? You could get one between $15 and $30. And then bring that home and take an old tire. They're always laying around. And if you can't find one, just go someplace that uh, is a tire dealer because they actually have to pay to dispose of these tires that they throw away. And they'll be more than happy to just say, take a tire. Uh, get yourself a sledgehammer and a tire and start whaling the shit out of it. All right? You do that for 15 minutes, believe me. You, this is a, a steady-state cardio tool. This is a great interval, high-intensity um, cardio-respiratory tool. Y- you can do plenty with just a sledgehammer and a tire. Um, yeah, that's the... Easiest piece of full-body cardio equipment that I could I could offer you in terms of working with a budget. Steve, I find that when I'm bench pressing, my shoulders kill me. What can I do to fix this? Stop bench pressing. That's a big one. Um, and if that's not in the cards for you, if you just if you're the kind of guy that just needs to bench press, bench press at a subtle incline. Uh, make sure also that before you go to press, that your elbows and your wrists are in vertical alignment, working against gravity, and also that your scapula are retracted and creating a table for yourself to support that shoulder. Subtle incline. Wrist and elbow are constantly in vertical alignment. Scapulas are retracted. And decrease the weight. If your shoulders are killing you Um, on a bench press my guess is that your scapula are open so you're rounding forward which means that your shoulder joint is taking a lot of that load if you just open your chest up pinch your scapula back and and make sure that your elbows and wrists are in vertical alignment working throughout the full range of motion against gravity um, that should make some of that pain subside however I don't know what's going on in your shoulder. You might have some major issues. Um, so I'll go with my first answer. If you're feeling pain every time you bench press, first of all, stop bench pressing. Stop bench pressing. Second of all, play with angle, right? Sometimes um, when, when you work at a subtle incline, that'll go away. That pain will go away. But uh, if you're experiencing chronic pain on a bench press, um, you're... you're you're doing something isn't right that's not it's not normal so um so yeah you you need to decrease load play around with what feels good and do that instead next question steve how many times a week do you work out how many rest days um i don't really take a rest day i work out 7 days a week um yeah i do something 7 days a week yeah something no matter what it is, I, I, I have to do something. Uh, otherwise I feel as though my day isn't fully complete. Um, I feel as though working out for me is very meditative and it's just part of that focusing practice that, um, that I've made part of my life more so than, than, uh, and physical, for me, so I do something every day, and um, and I try to keep it as as varied as possible. Steve, do you take supplements? This is a good one. I take a pre workout. Um, I'm not going to tell you what that pre workout is because, you know, I'm they're not sponsoring the show. But I will tell you this: this is what you look for. I take a pre workout supplement that is non stimulant based. So when I'm looking on the back of the pre-workout, I want to make sure that it has some things in it. I want to make sure that it has a sufficient amount of creatine. I want to make sure that it has some beta-alanine. And I want to make sure that it has some arginine. Um, This is just me. This is what I prefer. So when I'm looking for a good pre-workout supplement, I'm not looking for... Um, stimulants. I, I don't really care about stimulants. I, I don't really need to get myself up for a workout. But what I do want to do is I want to support my, my muscles. I want to support the work that I'm doing. Um, and the best thing to look for is something that is a non-proprietary blend. Because when you look back there on the back of those things and you see a proprietary blend, meaning here's all of the shit that we put in here and it all equals out to this many grams or milligrams. you don't really know what's in there. you don't really know i mean it could be it it could be anything you know the majority of that powder that you're putting in your water could be anything but a non proprietary blend will actually break down for you uh what ingredients are in there and Corresponding to the ingredient will be how many grams of that particular ingredient are in there. Now, I'm not going to tell you what I think you should supplement with. We all have different things, but um, start here. Start doing your research and start with your outcome. If you want to gain muscle mass or gain power or um Push back anaerobic threshold. Search for what supplements, um, what supplements do that, and uh, that are researched, that sufficiently um, perform the goal that you're looking for. Start there, and then look for um, supplements that are non proprietary blends that um, that have those ingredients. It's it's pretty simple, but. Yeah, I do supplement but but not f- not I don't supplement protein. I don't supplement carbohydrate drinks. I don't do any of that. Um I think that I, I could I could eat sufficiently to get those things, so I'm not really I don't really need to um supplement with with protein or carbohydrate drinks, but what I do like to do is I like to supplement my diet with things that I don't necessarily get from food, which is high amounts of creatine, um, to support ATP, to support, um, power output and strength and muscle mass. I do supplement with beta alanine, which helps uh, push back anaerobic threshold, um, keeps lactic acid at bay a little bit and arginine, um, which is an amino acid that helps aid in performance and recovery because it converts to nitric oxide. Next question. Steve, I'm trying to get a muscle up on the rings, but I can't do it. Do you have any pointers? Um, No, because I don't know what you're doing wrong. Here's a pointer. Go to a coach and have them coach you through it. Um, And if that's not possible... You can send me a video. Send me a short video, though, uh, at steve at com, and I'll get back to you with some tips. Next question. Steve, does drinking alcohol negatively affect fitness outcomes? Yep. It does. Straight up. Yeah, there's no way around it. I mean, I know that, look, we all like to have fun. We all like to get loose. Um... And uh, having a cold beer on a summer day is pretty awesome. Having a couple of drinks with friends is pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, does it negatively affect fitness outcomes? Of course it does. Ethanol is, uh, it's poison. <laughs> I mean, basically, it's poison for your system. It's toxic. So, yeah, yeah, it does. Next question, Steve, I've been training my whole life. I'm 32 years old. I've been training since I was a teenager, but lately I feel a little lethargic, and it's hard to get motivated to go into the gym to do some training. Can you help? Um, look, we all go through ups and downs, man. Here, Here's something that you could do for yourself is give yourself a short-term goal, right? Whether that be... Sign up for a competition. Um, create a competition with your friends. Um, something to prepare for. Something to look forward to. Something to work toward. That's always great. That helps motivation. Another one is just fucking flipping on its head, man. You, you've, been, you've been training since you were a kid. So it's not like you're going to get unfit if you do something different, right? So whatever it is you're doing, flip it on its head. Do something else. If, you are, if you're knee-deep in functional fitness, maybe you just go on a powerlifting cycle, right? If you are a bodybuilder, maybe you get into functional fitness for a little while. Or supplement your bodybuilding with some functional fitness workouts. Um, if you are your average gym goer where you do 30 minutes of cardio and 30 minutes of resistance training, d- go crazy, man. Join join a strongman gym for a little while. Nobody's going to hurt you. And you don't have to be world class when you first start. Um, yeah. Yeah change it up. That's two things right there. So if if you're feeling a little lethargic, feeling a little like, like been there, done that forever, one, give yourself a short-term goal. And when I say short-term, I mean like in four weeks, in four weeks, I have to be ready for this, right? Give yourself a competition or take whatever it is you're doing and do the complete 180 for a little while, right? It uh, might surprise you at the kind of, kinds of gains you'll make. And it'll be fun because you'll be learning something new. be great. Next question. Steve, what's better for your body, yoga or Pilates? <sighs> Sorry, I'm still here. Um, weight training. Weight training is better for your body. Taking an object and lifting it in a variety of ways against the pull of gravity is better for your body than both yoga or Pilates. Those are good too. Don't get me wrong. They're not bullshit. Um, But, you know, you're asking... You're asking my opinion. That's my opinion. Next question. Steve, I'm not a morning person, but I find that if I work out at the end of the day, I end up not doing it. Oh, I see. So you don't like to work out in the morning, but if you pull it off to the end of your workday, you find that you're more apt not to do it. Um, and then the question is, how can I get my workout in? Um, give yourself a consequence. Just give yourself a consequence. If I don't work out today, then I have to blank. And stick to that consequence. And make the consequence really shitty. So you're more apt to rather work out than suffer the consequence. Either that or, as I've said in the past, get a training partner, a training buddy, or a community of people, and uh, hold each other accountable. Next question. Hey, Steve, I noticed that a lot of these athletes work out more than once a day. Do I have to work out more than once a day to be fit? No. Absolutely not. You have to understand that these people, the people that I'm choosing to interview are, are competitive athletes. They're They're training to compete on a world stage. They're not training to be fit. All right? They're training for a specific sport that demands specific things from their bodies. Um, That's not to be confused with fitness. I'll say that again. Sport isn't to be confused with fitness. Fitness. So, no, you don't have to work out three times a day to be fit. Absolutely not. You um, take Val Volbaro. Here's a good example. Val Volbaro. Not only does she compete on a world stage at a high level um, and is consistent in her top ten finishes every time she competes on that world stage, but for the majority of her year... She trains between an hour and an hour and a half a day. That's that's once a day, guys. Um, it's about the intensity and the focus and the knowledge that you bring to the work. All right? And if you don't have that knowledge, then go to somebody who does, and you're required to bring in the intensity. And if you bring that in, And the consistency, you're going to be fit, hands down. There's just no way around it. I've never seen anybody who is intense or consistent in their fitness pursuits um, that hasn't had the side effect of becoming fit. I've never seen that happen. Next question. Steve, be honest. Do you think some of these athletes are on PEDs? Um, For those of you who don't know what PEDs are, PED stands for performance-enhancing drugs. Steroids, basically. This guy's asking, uh, or this girl is asking, do I think that some of these athletes are on performance-enhancing drugs? I'm going to fill in the blank and open this up and assume that you're asking um, if I believe that in the vast majority of athletes, CrossFit athletes, functional fitness athletes, in the entire pool, do I think that some of them might take performance-enhancing drugs? Sure. Come on. You got to be naive to think that out of an entire year, out of an entire season, out out of the entire pool of the fucking bajillion... CrossFit athletes out there now, y- you would have to be naive to think that nobody is touching steroids. Of course somebody is. Um, yeah. Do I think it matters? No. I, I really don't. And some of you are going to raise your eyebrows and say, what? But I, I really don't think it matters. And here's why. Is because um, the people who win the people who win are tested. So not everybody is tested, not all the time, but the people who are on the podium um and I I don't know how deep crossfit goes uh, in terms of testing, but I know I know for sure that if you, if you're on the podium, um you're tested immediately and you're sequestered before they announce who the winner is. So, the w- the winners aren't popping. Um, I'll say that. So, no, I, d- I don't think it matters. I really don't. Um, but I also think that you you'd have to be naive to think that out of the very large pool of individuals who are struggling to win or make a name for themselves that um, I think you'd be naive to think that nobody is touching anything. Of course they are. Somebody is. But do I think it matters? No, I really don't. And I realize that I'm making myself vulnerable by answering that question. And I was a little uncomfortable answering it. But um, for obvious reasons, but also this is... (laughs) is that's not what I'm doing here, okay? If you notice, I don't spend a whole lot of time with these amazing individuals on, on the physical, on programming, on what they do in the gym. It's not what I'm interested in. I believe that what's going on internally mentally, emotionally, spiritually, is what actually makes these people outstanding and standouts and champions. And there's a reason why you know their name, and it's not because of their program. <laughs> it's, because, it's because of who they are in, in their soul, man, in their spirit. It's because of what it is that drives them to be better on a daily basis. It's because of who they are, their history, where their interests outside of the gym lie. This is what makes them a champion. And uh, and it most certainly isn't a drug. And I don't really care to to dwell on that in this forum. Next question, lightening it up. Uh, Steve, what's the best shoe for training? This is a great question. Man, gear. Let's talk gear. What's the best shoe for training? The one that you like to train in is the best shoe for training. There's not a brand attached to that. There are things, there are attributes to look for if you're talking about functional fitness. But I, for a very brief time, would change shoes if I was Olympic lifting and or doing conditioning. But um, my favorite pair of shoes to train in of all time were a pair of girthy, old, beat-up, shitty old fucking lager boots, right? With a big-ass, thick sole. I used to love training in those. In fact, I'm going to go back to that. Um, but I- I'm all about training what you usually wear because that's... And I'm just talking... If you're talking about general fitness... Train in what you usually wear on a daily basis, or a version of it, if you're just talking about being fit, Um, because you want your training to emulate what you do in life, and um, and you're not going to be chased down by a black bear, and tell him, "Hang on, I need to climb this rock or this tree," so I'm going to change some shoes. So wear what you usually wear or a version of it. Um now if you're talking about for competition, yeah. You you should you should choose your tools wisely. If it's a running event, you should choose a shoe that that uh supports your 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 striking style. Whether you're a heel striker, or a midfoot striker or ball of the foot striker. Choose your tool wisely. If it's an Olympic lifting event or a, uh, a power lifting event, choose your shoes wisely. Do you like a higher heel? Do you like a lighter shoe? Do you like something heavier? You know, choose them. Choose them wisely. They're your tools. They're your toolbox. But if we're just talking general fitness, I'm I'm of the mind that you should choose something that closely emulates what you're, you're used to wearing on a daily basis. And we're going to do a couple more, and then we're going to call it a day and uh, hook up next week with Alexis Johnson. Next question, hey Steve, I love what you're doing with the art of fitness. My question is about hydration. How much should I drink on a daily basis? Um, you know, y- you can you can overhydrate, you can underhydrate. a a good uh, A good model is this, is Drink water while you're eating. Sip water throughout the day, but it, hydration isn't something that um, I mean, unless you're in the desert, unless you're rucking, unless you're unless you're in the military and and you're rucking for hours a day with a fifty to a ninety pound pack in the hot desert sun, um, hydration isn't something that you really need to stress about. I see people that are in the middle of a workout, in the middle of a, like, let's just say it's a it's a seven-minute AMRAP. And I, I've seen people stop and rest and take a drink. You don't need to. You don't need to. You, you're, you're not going to dehydrate in seven minutes, no matter how fast you're working. This is just a habit. This is a crutch. And this is, uh, sorry, guys, this is an excuse to rest if you're going and taking a sip of your water bottle in a 7 minute workout and uh it's not necessary straight up so so a hydration is something that um that should be with with meals i mean that that's a good rule of thumb every time you eat drink a glass of water you know every time you eat have a glass of water that's good Am I going to give you numbers? Absolutely not, because I, I don't. I don't think it's uh, anything to stress about. You know, believe me, you'll know when you're thirsty. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question of the day, Steve. I've heard you offer up some suggestions for some books to a couple of your interviewees. Can you tell me what they are so I can get some? Um, this is a great question and I'll tell you what if you go if you go to the Art of Fitness podcast website which is www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com um and I'll wait for this to land if you go to that and you sign up for the newsletter it's the first thing that comes up actually right now the t-shirt is the first thing that comes up but it's just below it and it says it says, "Join the Art of Fitness. Bring the vision of yourself into reality with arrows pointing." If you type in your name and email, that's actually the newsletter. Um, and I don't think I've ever said this before, but if you type your name and email in that, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna wait a couple weeks. I'll give, I'll give it two weeks, and I'll put out um, my suggested reading list for books, um, and I'll publish that in the newsletter. Um, and also if you, if you're, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter for every episode, I give some basic show notes and I give some links, I give some suggestions that pertain to, to each episode, to each individual that, um, that I'm interviewing. Um, but go ahead and sign up for that. I'll give it a couple of weeks. I'll put it out a reading list in two weeks, but every week that comes out, um, if, if I feel that there's something that you guys should be aware of or know about or have a little bit of extra material um, pertaining to the guest that I have on that week. Um, yeah, so do that. And I'm going to call it a day for today. Next week, we have a really fun conversation with Alexis Johnson. Um, very cool Cool woman with a lot of inspiration and a lot to learn from um Alexis Johnson next Wednesday, and keep these questions coming. I like doing these. these are fun um yeah, and if you have follow up questions to the questions I've answered, go ahead and ask them at Steve at the art of Podcast dot com and I'll do my best to get to them in short order and until then. Be safe, have fun, talk to you next week. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Fitness. If you did, please subscribe, write a review. Also, go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com, scroll down, and do all of your Amazon shopping through the Art of Fitness portal. It would really help support. Thanks a lot.